Welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. So I'm calling this episode 57, part two of high school is a relatively recent phenomenon. I call some of these episodes part two because they really are partnered with the earlier episode, kind of a further investigation or a second part of the conversation or like today, uh, a reiteration of a few points and then a few points built upon that. I feel that these early school evaluation episodes are just so fundamental, so foundational that it is worth belaboring a few points because these points are just, these points are very important. And by looking and evaluating school, it will it will help us get better at evaluating culture, evaluating any social institutions. So remember, I'm talking about building this new website, Weather of the Mind School. I'm talking about building my own school, Weather of the Mind School, our own school. <laughs> You're there with me. Um, and one thing we talked about is a survey, a survey to kind of open things up. And I posed a few questions over the last few episodes, where did school best serve you or where did school most fail you? And I mean school, answer as you please, high school, college, elementary school, kindergarten, all the above. Send us responses via the website, weatherofthemind.org. Second question, if you would add one subject to school, what would you add? And perhaps I'll add a new corollary, what subject or subjects would you remove? Best locales for learning outside of the school. Where did you learn the most outside of school? And finally, in this early version of the survey, how could you, how would you make home a nurturing learning environment? So I had a great response last week from a listener who wrote in about the best locales for learning. It was Christine and she talked about she learned a lot on the school bus. And I posed the question back to her. I said, but what did you learn on the school bus? And she indeed responded. So here is her written response. I would say it was a good setting to try to learn how to have a conversation. She's talking about being on the bus. Also about yourself, if you were someone who would push the limits or not. Like, were you the one sitting still with the seatbelt on or the one playing red light, quote unquote red light? in the back of the bus, running with full energy towards the back to jump up and touch the reflector. (laughs) Red light, I forgot about that game. Good reference. Also got asked on my first date on the bus. A terrible thing I did in the bus was when I was in kindergarten. An older girl saw my dad waiting at my bus stop through the window and said, who is that guy? This was the first time my dad ever picked me up and I was embarrassed For some reason, I cannot figure out, but I said, I don't know, and I got off the bus walking straight past him. It must have been a horrible experience for my dad. Wow, this is some fascinating things to uh, explore in this. So the first thing she says is it's a great place for learning how to converse, how to conversation. She was a young girl on a school bus, I think a kindergartner or a first grader. So this is for her first experience being independent, being able to decide who you want to speak to and what you want to talk about. It is you beginning to uh, begin this relationship, this understanding of this self. You could imagine that in other cultures where there's very little alone time, 
you have maybe a more of a notion of the family, but less a notion of yourself. One would expect. Probably depends a lot on the person. So you also reflect upon how much you want to push your limits. Like, are you going to want who is going to sit and follow all the rules? Or are you going to be some with the group that kind of pushes the envelope? It's getting to know yourself, which I guess is not happening as much at school or at home. It's this overwhelming freedom she seems to be experiencing on the bus. And it's just wonderfully poignant. It's like it's a wonderful opening image for a memoir. Memoir in a way, is about our relationship with ourself. And then outward from there, our relationship with our wife or our husband or our kids or our, or our mission. So this is a great reflection, this bus. This is a great image, this young girl on the bus. And as far as the last bus ride scene, that one's worth a deeper ponder, I suppose. But I think it also has to do, when she got off and walked past her father... It has to do with dealing with our own self-identity and the other layers of identity that we're a part of, our family in this case, and seeing that those are not always congruent. Sometimes they're at odds with each other. So another poignant moment from the youthful bus trip. Thank you for sharing that with us. That is that is some ripe fruit on the vine. Ripe fruit on the vine for digestion, mental digestion. Consider high school as a social machine. A social machine, a machine in that there are inputs and there are outputs. And there is a goal. There are goals in place. And because this is a social machine, these goals are often stated and shared as as a story, as a mythos. So uh, when we look at high school... How has the mythos changed? If one were to go to high school in the 1930s, when only about 30% of people that age were graduating high school, what was the mythos? What was the promise? What was the point of high school? And how did that change after World War II when more people started going to high school and attending high school? And our numbers started to get about... 60 and 70 percent by 1960 graduating high school and then they would level out in the 70 to 75 percent till present day but what was the mythos what was the storyline in the 50s and how did it correlate with the explosion of colleges and how did it correlate with the explosion of colleges as mm, the end-all be-all one thing that's fascinating is we have this mythology, this storyline around getting into college as if this is maybe the great crossroad of the modern American life. If you get into college, oh man, you're going to be all set. Everything is good. If you don't get into college, if you don't graduate high school, oh wow, you're going to be a huge failure. And frankly, I think that's a gross oversimplification a few of the points I wanted to make today. I want to reiterate 
two points from last week. We mentioned John Dewey. We mentioned that education and should not be viewed as separate than the culture. Education is a fundamental part of the culture. One of the most fundamental parts of this culture. Perhaps, especially in parts of the country where religion is on the decline, education is is perhaps the cultural institution. So certainly a lot of middle and upper class suburbs, education is the foundational cultural institution. We cannot evaluate education without thinking about the culture at large and vice versa. If we want to evaluate American culture and understand why is there high rates of anxiety and depression and addiction? What's going on here? You can't evaluate the culture without thinking about education and vice versa. So let's keep that in mind as we progress. The second was really thinking about high school or any cultural institution or culture as an ongoing process. Culture and cultural institutions are always changing. Sometimes they change rapidly, sometimes they change slowly, but change is life. Life is change. There is great benefit in brainstorming what what a high school can look like, what college can look like, what new institutions of education we have only begun to brainstorm now that might appear in the future. So now I turn it back over to the weather of the mind school as a focus. As we think about the mission statement, we think about if we were going to construct a narrative, a story, a mythos that would instruct the goals of a school, what would that look like? So what are some of the ideas of the mission statement, if you were to create a school, what would you lay out for the mission statement? What would be the main, what would be the main story, the main goal? The image we have of the young girl on the school bus, first experiencing her independence, and first experiencing this reality of the self in a very profound way, understanding that she gets to decide. Do I want to sit here and follow the rules or do I want to go and be a little bit wild and challenge the rules? Who do I want to sit with? What do I want to talk about? This is a really important image and I I, I love it and I love how it's come out of the exchange between podcast guy and listener and back to the podcast guy. So if we say this This young girl on the bus stop is a great memoir intro. This first kind of opening chapter, perhaps, of our relationship with ourself. I ask you, dear listener, what images in your life might be like that? Where you first learn to kind of fly free a bit and realize, hey... I can decide what I want to do right now. I can decide who I want to spend time with and how I want to act. And I also want to ask you, once again, to think about a mission statement for a school you would create. And next week, I will try to answer these questions myself, and I'll share the mission of the Weather of the Mind school. I hope we stimulated some good thoughts about self, family, culture, how culture is changing, how education relates to culture. Good things to come. Keep living and learning. Stay hydrated. Get some exercise. Treat yourself all right. Have a good day.
and a good week. Bye-bye. Thank you.